Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm William. This is the podcast where we talk about everything tabletop role-playing games. And today we are talking about the Ring of Winter. Hey, Brian. Winter. Winter. Freeze. Indeed. Frost. I like Arnold Schwarzenegger as... Um, Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. Yeah, yeah, I do as well. Well, we made it, Brian. Yeah, we did. <laughs> to the end of the year. Oops. <laughs> to the end of the year of the artifact. Oh, my God. Yeah. I opened up these notes before the show. I was like, oh. Yeah. And if today's artifact had its way, it would also be the end of the world. Whoa. <laughs> That's right. It's our final artifact episode in this year of the artifact. And I thought, what better way to end it than on an evil ring that wants to end everything? Nice. This is it? This is our last one? Our Yeah, our last artifact episode for this year. Wow. I mean, I'm sure we'll do other artifact crazy, episodes moving bro. forward. Yeah, I know. We did it. We did, yeah. There was a submarine. And, there a, was so, and a big sharp sword. That was an artifact, though. And there was lots of swords. And there was a. Um, we did a whole weapons episode. Crystal Palace. We did, yeah. Well, if we're talking about the artifacts, we did the Deck of Many Things. We did the Crinchinabon, the Ors of Dragon Kind. We did. Um, we're gonna have to redo the Deck of Many Things episode because now there's a, a book of many things. I know. Tell me about it. Tell me about it. I'm we very. Did, we did Orcus's wand. That's from my favorite one. Yeah, <laughs> would be your favorite one. We did the Rod of Seven Parts. Yeah, I um, like that one. That too. was a good one too. Yeah, we did. We did quite a bit of artifacts. Um, Seven rods instead of one. Indeed, but today we're talking about the Ring of Winter, a mysterious, powerful artifact that may one day plunge an entire world into endless winter. So, won't you walk with me, Brian, through this winter wonderland? This evil ass winter wonderland. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I will. Let's get into it. Okay. I mean, I William. Sorry. <laughs> so, before we actually get into it, this is a specifically Forgotten Realms artifact. Um, so, it touches on Forgotten Realms deities and places primarily. That's what I've learned in the Year of the Artifact. Is if you want to be involved with the Year of the Artifact, you must also fucks with the Forgotten Realms heavily. A lot of them, or Greyhawk, or Greyhawk, or Greyhawk which is yeah. also very cool. Yeah. Greyhawk is is rad. I prefer Greyhawk to Forgotten Realms for sure. Yeah, they got weird shit under their castle. Yeah, I, know, I like it. 
Um, the Ga- ring. Gygax is-, is still down there, they say. Still wandering <laughs> Castle Greyhawk. The ring is a golden featureless band that is constantly covered in a layer of frost that never melts. Tasty. Unless the ring is in contact with a living with living flesh, it slowly covers whatever it touches with frost out to a five-foot radius. When first held, it burns the flesh with intense cold and vibrates with power. This numbing cold ends if the wearer attunes themselves to the ring. Uh, it emits a fierce blue radiance when in the presence of magic working against it. This is a lot like those open-top freezers at the grocery store that are on 24 hours a day. They've yeah. got that lip of fucking thick, tasty frost along uh, the outside. Yeah, yeah. I was a weird kid. I ate that shit. Oh, yeah, I skipped some out. Oh, like, mm, oh no, thank like, you. Get out of there. It's <laughs> <That's> hilarious. <laughs> That's funny as hell. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does not taste good, by the way. No, no, it does not. It is cold, though. It's very cold. (laughs) Little is known for certain about the Ring of Winter. All that is known for certain about it has been gleaned from ancient histories. Uh, It was forged by a mage of staggering power, some say Azuth, before he became a god, and kissed by Oral, the neutral evil Faerunian goddess of winter and cold, at a time when the countries that now make up the realms were little more than scattered villages. That's a good reason for your ring to be cold. Was the god of cold kissed it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a great reason. It's a good one. Yeah. Regardless of its origin, the ring of winter has always been uh, an object of fascination and desire for those who seek to do great good or great evil in Faerun. The ring first seems to show up roughly 1,200 years before the current present day, which we talked about in the uh, Netheril episode was like, it's around 1492 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, found by Lord Dalmas Ray Burton of Cormier, a human explorer from said country. Mm-hmm. Uh, he found the ring in the vicinity of present-day Shadowdale over a millennia ago. Oh, those dales again. Uh, yeah, Shadowdale is like a... It's like my understanding is it's like a small rural er- rural area, and that's where Elminster dwells. It's okay. like I'm not sure if that's where he was born or not, but he likes it there. He his towers there. He stays there. Yeah, yeah. My question is, where the fuck was Elminster when this ring showed up, and why didn't he do something about this ring? You think he'd immediately be aware of it, but why would he be? Is he supposed to know everything? He's that just goes a on super. In his, he's just Shadowdale? a super mage, and this is an artifact that appeared in his in his. Town. Maybe he was asleep. Maybe he was asleep. <laughs> I don't know what Elminster was up to 1,200 years ago, but anyways. Um, it was found episode. by Dolmas Ray Burton instead. Yeah, yeah. And he used the ring for several years in the Forest Kingdom, which is Cormier, uh, before hastily departing for the jungles of Cholt, which is very far away, for once he never returned. Yeah, and full of bullshit, right? Like the jungles of Chol are like it's, dangerous it's, shit. It's very dangerous. Known for like dinosaurs, tabaxi, yuan ti. Yeah, demonic incursions. Demonic incursions, sure. There's demon stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomb of Annihilation happens there. That's where this ring is from for 5e. 5e it has this ring involved in its story. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it is a dangerous place. And I'm not entirely sure why Domas Ray Burton went there with the ring, but he did. His adventuring spirit. And he never came back. I know why he stayed there. I just don't know why he went there. Oh, so it's not a mystery as to why he didn't come back. Did he die? No, he didn't die. Um, he might have he might die later in the story, and I just don't know. But um he ends up in this ancient city called Mesro, which is like an ancient tabaxi holy city. Okay. In the middle of a jungle, created by this ancient dinosaur god. 
What's up with the dinosaurs being responsible for everything in the Forgotten Realms? That's weird. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm butchering this, I wasn't by the way. Expecting that. This is all in the in the book, uh, The Ring of Winter, in nineteen ninety. Big diggy paragraph in our Discord. Oh God, I'm sure. On this segment. Um, he um, he becomes one of the leaders of the city. He's like the only non-Tabaxi, like member of the leading council or whatever. Mm-hmm. He knows um, how to go. Pss, 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 pss. And he stays there. He's I think he seals he seals the ring there. Um, and that's the last thing I know about Lord Dolmas Ray Burton. Okay. <laughs> He's not the most important character we're going to talk about today. Sick. So, uh, yeah, so he goes to the jungles of Chalt. He never returns. Gotcha. So out of game. Oh, God. Okay, here's me re-explaining what I just kind of explained, but uh-huh. in more clearer terms. Uh, it looks like the ring's first appearance was in the novel The Ring of Winter by James Lauder in 1992. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, it appeared in the game of Dungeons & Dragons in Volo's Guide to All Things Magical in 1996. Uh, a book, right? Uh, yeah, that was so one was a novel. Mm-hmm. The other, Volo's Guide to Magical, All Things Magical, is a, a source book for second edition D&D. Gotcha. Uh, 1996 mm-hmm. comes out and has the ring from the novel okay. in it. Okay. After that, as far as I could tell, the ring does not reappear in any supplement or book until 2017's Tomb of Annihilation. Damn, now, maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't find anything. It's like 5e was like, we're going to fucking do it with this one. Yeah. Yeah. So the brunt of this artifact's history is in this novel. I have not read this novel. Okay. <laughs> The ring, the ring had been hidden in the temple of Ubtau, patron deity of Cholt and the Tabaxi. He's the dinosaur god I was talking about. Um, also, the Tabaxi worship him, so cats like him too. I thought it was just the cat lord. No, guess not. There's also the cat lord Ub-tow. controls. Uh, yeah, the cat lord controls their need to go leave. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Um, so the ring had been hidden in the temple of Uptau uh, in the lost city of Mesro, hidden there by Dolmas Ray Burton of Cormier, after he had used the ring and thereby accidentally murdered several people. Oops. <laughs> to be fair, it was probably the ring's fault. The ring's super evil, and it's hard to control. It do be like that with the ring. It do be like that with the ring. Yeah. The former har Oh, God, here we go. The former harper, Artis... Okay, I'm going with Simber, or yeah. is it Kimber? I would say... Yeah, I don't know. You so right? I would say Simber or Simber. God, like climber. I should have looked it up. Simer. <laughs> it Art- looks like climber without an L. It does look like climber without an L. Probably Sim. Sim- Do you think Sim- it's Simber? It's Simber. Simber or Simber. I'm going with Artis Kimber. Yeah. <laughs> the former Harper, Artis Kimber, pretty famous Front Realms dude, uh, former Harper, like I just said, main character of the book. Okay. The Ring of Winter. Thank you for looking up the pronunciation. Uh-huh. Um, and the main guy associated with the Ring of Winter is that's this guy, Artis Kimber, Simber, whatever you're about to tell me. Mm-hmm. After I spending did a year- bunch of letters wrong. Okay. After spending years of his life searching for the ring, uh, learned of the location of the ring and retrieved it, thereafter using it to repel a goblin invasion of Mesro. I cannot tell you how grossly of a simplification of the story that sentence I just read was. Well, if you're the main character of an entire book with a big evil ring, you know, <laughs> it's, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Simber was spot it's on. Simber? Yeah. All right. Cool. Artus Simber. Cool. So after this, Artus Simber seems to continue hanging out in Chult for a long time. Um, I think he did leave, but he comes back. Um, he's, he's actively hiding the ring from anyone who would use it. Okay. Because it is evil. Um, but he seems to be pretty okay with it so 
I'm not, again, I never read the book. Um, at some point, he does become like a chosen of Oral, that evil goddess of winter we talked about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but uh, he, he, what he's actually doing here is he's looking for his lost wife and the city of Mesro, which uh, both disappeared back in the spell plague. So basically, everything that he did in that book um, disappeared when the spell plague happened. Okay. And rather than wait, because it's been a couple centuries or whatever, he's like, fuck that shit. I need to go find my wife. We've got like three episodes worth of spell plague stuff <coughs> across our entire catalog, probably. Maybe. We never really actually talk about the spell plague. That's that what I mean. It's like yeah. one day we will. <laughs> we'll do an episode like, of spell plague. It's one of those one those topics that's hovering. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. It was yeah, like uh, how we talked about Demogorgon for like 100 episodes before we actually talked about Demogorgon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to the spell plague. Shout out to the spell starting it up all right sounds good <laughs> so he's actually looking for his wife in the city of mesro which disappeared back in the spell plague either way he and the ring are very much in the adventure module the tomb of annihilation uh, and lots of people are showing up looking for the ring in that adventure hell yeah so the ring is relentlessly sought after by the frost giant Jarl, Jarl storvald as he believes it to be a way to raise frost giants in the ordning. Now, this actually this bridges two adventures because Yar Storvald is in the um oh God, what's the adventure called? The giant one? The Storm Giants. Uh Storm Giants Thunder, Storm King's Thunder. Storm King's Thunder, yes. So Yar Storvald's in that one, and he's looking for the Ring of Winter in that one. And he's done some sort of ritual or something to like track down artist kimber by like tracking his blood or something like that but like okay. the ritual ends up taking it him to where uh artist uh simber's kid is instead okay and so he's laying siege to this city thinking artist is in there but artist isn't in there and then when you defeat them they figure out that artist wasn't in there and then they go to chult Okay. And then, so if you play that adventure and then you go play this adventure, he's back. Oh, Jarl wow. Storvald's back. And he's looking for Artis still. They don't have a pronunciation on, on Jarl Storvald. <coughs> um, I was just saying, I was just thinking about that because, like, that was a, be a hard decision to not pronounce this J. Oh, no, I know. That's a word. That's a, that's a, Norse oh, word, I got it. Jarl. Yeah. A Jarl so, is like a, a, a baron or a governor. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so his name is Storvald. He's the governor Storvald. He's governor Storvald. Uh, basically, he's the leader of his tribe, right? Yarl. Yeah. yeah. Um, you never play Skyrim, huh? No. Games full of Yarls. There's no. like eight Yarls. You eight be, Yarls. You become the thane of each of them. And then one guy saying Jarl, and they kill him. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so Yarl Storvald and his frost giant homies are there. They're looking for the ring in Arctis. Sick. Uh, the Zen the Zentarim, which is like the the Forgotten Realms Mafia. Oh, nice. Okay. They're there. They're looking for the ring. <laughs> okay. And it makes sense that they would be there because the Zentarim are like, they're like, not only are like the, I said the mafia, they're like the East India Trading Company. Okay. Of the Forgotten Realms. If the East India Trading Company was also the mafia. Which they may have Which been. they may have kind of been. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's similarities. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Uh, so East India Trading Company's there. It's looking for the ring. Okay. Uh, there are some red wizards of Thay that are there. They're not looking for the ring, but if you show up with artists, they want the ring, so they'll try and take it. Okay. Um, then there's this half-elven sorceress named Zandala that's there, and she's searching for Simber and the ring. So everyone wants this ring. Yeah. <laughs> Despite it having 
absolutely, and I do mean absolutely nothing to do at all with the main storyline of the adventure Tomb of Annihilation. There's just a ring of power floating around yes. during. There's, it's just a whole subsection that you can interact with or completely ignore. Yeah. You can, like, do a human Rube Goldberg machine where you're, like, avoiding all of the factions trying to take your ring. And right. You have to, like, throw it down a ramp and like, do a power Like, slide. you yourself can kill Artis and take his ring if you wanted to. There you go. Oh, I love how you can do that in adventure modules. Where it's yeah. Like, sort of make that decision. Yeah, absolutely. And then fuck up the reading of your adventure module for, like, the rest of the it's, time you have it. Yeah, that's true. So the ring winter has a myriad of powers. Mm -hmm. It can make it impossible for the wearer to be defect detected through divination magic, uh, renders its wearer immune to cold, halts their aging entirely. Um, it also constantly attempts to take control of its wearer to compel them to cause unnecessary harm and destruction. Okay, so something about our, our boy here... He stops that particular. Yeah. Thing. Again, I haven't played that adventure module, nor have I read that book. But everything that I did read, he seems fine. If he's getting picked up by an evil god. That, that is weird. But then he uses his power to make sure no one can uh, get the ring and do evil with it. That's like his whole deal. Maybe the And he's god just looking for his interested. wife. Yeah, maybe he's more interested in like, well, if you're using the ring, then. Then you're my you. guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I kiss that ring, you know. Well, this Alaminster didn't know it was in his town. It protects itself from being detected. That's true. That's yeah. That's probably that was probably like fuck. I don't want to be found by that guy. Yeah, Alaminster's <laughs> gonna fuck me up. Yeah, seriously. So the ring, furthermore, increases the efficacy of all other magical items that remain within twenty feet or six point one meters of it for more than ten days. Uh, the longer the exposure, the greater the augmentation. Uh, the ring is capable of quickly and permanently lowering the temperature of a hundred twenty foot or one hundred thirty. Or sorry. 37 meter radius sphere to a minimum of negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. That's 34 degrees Celsius in the negative. <laughs> and can do this multiple times until the wearer decides to end the effect. It can create inanimate objects and animate creatures made of ice. Uh, it also is capable of casting spells like Big B's Hand, Cone of Cold, Ice Variant, uh, Flesh of Stone, Ice Storm, Odalukes, uh, Freezing Sphere, Sleet Storm, Spike Growth, and Wall of Ice. Okay, real quick, Big B's Hand. Is Bigby's hand made of ice? No. Okay. But I it is swear, now in this spell. I swear it was made of ice in 4th edition, and now I'm pulling up 4A, so excuse me. Oh, yeah, not in 5th edition. In 5th edition, it's just like a big spectral hand or something. Yeah. Like, it's, just a big, it's just a big magic hand. Right, big magic hand. Right. You played but, Glover, right? The old N64 I, Glover. I've actually never played Glover. I wonder if Glover was, could fly. If Glover could fly. Okay, yeah. you know what? This isn't working, so we're moving on. I'll, I'll look into the 4A thing and report back later. Bigby's hand is... Bar none, probably the coolest fifth level spell that exists. Ooh, fifth level? That's, ooh, that's, ooh, I don't know. Right, because Bigby Hand's a fifth level spell. Am I, I, know, am I wrong? I don't know, but fifth level, that's got a lot of competition. It, like what? Hit me with, hit me um, with one. What was is, your... Is it Chain Lightning is a good one? Um, I like Lightning That is a stuff. good spell. That is a good spell, but is it good as fifth good as Fifth level D&D spells, we're doing this right now, I guess. Um... This is a podcast about all things tabletop roleplay games, and Bigby's Hand is in that category of stuff. Okay, Bigby's Hand is a fifth-level spell. It is. Cone of Cold is great, by the way. Cone of Cold is a good spell. It's a very good spell. <laughs> Destructive Wave rocks. I'd never used it. Okay, it's a very powerful spell. Mm. I was hoping for Tidal Wave, but I guess that's a level six spell. I mean, it's up there. It's up there, yeah. Tidal it's, Wave it's is a, a very good spell. Yeah, it's a very good spell. Um, that Tidal Wave got cast in Super Quest Saga. It did. I remember it fondly. Me too. <laughs> I was just talking to Freeland about that. What? Tidal, Tidal wave? wave? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And um, the last, 
I think you were going to pit us on unhallowed. Or there was something came up about a beholder in conversation. And I was like, last time we fought a beholder. Yes. It, it got was a, soaked to the bone. It did, yeah. Yeah, and it was a robot, it was too. A it was robo, a robot beholder. Robo behold. <laughs> All right. It, it is said that the ring has other powers that can only be accessed by an evil being who does not fall under the control of the ring. Uh, it is rumored that the ring can be used to summon white dragons or that or the primordial Cryonax, wow. who is the prince of evil, cold-using creatures and one of the inhabitants of the para-elemental plane of ice. He somewhat resembles a giant yeti with two tentacles in place of arms, so <laughs> I think Demogorgon would like him. Yeetagorgon. <laughs> and uh, that the ring could freeze entire worlds. Okay. So, very powerful. Mm. It is said that the ring can only be destroyed if worn by the Summer Queen, which is the Queen of the Fairies, Titania, who is probably the most powerful, the Archfey. Um, again, it's this ring is all over the fucking place. Yeah. It just seems to like it has lore tied to every little thing. Like, we're in Schultz, we got dinosaur gods, we got the goddess of winter, now we're we got the summer court, we got it was found in Shadowdale. It just has little tiny links to everything. It's weird. Yeah, it's been around. Um yeah. uh, it's it's a lot like the ring of power in like a ton of ways. Yeah, I guess there's some similarity. Um, any questions before we take a short rest? Wants to destroy the world. You have to put it in a volcano person to destroy it. She's not a volcano person. She's a summer. She's, she's a fairy of light. She's a summer queen. She is a summer it's queen. It's the closest thing in this analog to lava. <laughs> in this analog, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's take a short rest. Okay. It's the grand adventures of Ilian and Beard. Oh, wow. The, uh, the upward slope on this cave is... It's really starting to increase in angle, wouldn't you say? Yes, I think we're, I think we're getting close to the end here. We're finally making our way to the, the, the peak, the base, of the mountain. It's definitely the top now. It's the top now. Yes. What do you think happened to all those creators at that crater? You think they got dumped? <laughs> I don't think they have any backers anymore. Ah. If that answers your question. They maybe they fell back to earth. Sorry, Toril. This we don't live in Forgotten Realms. Don't where, put that on us. Where do we live? <laughs> what is this place? It's yet to be named. Is I call it O Earth? <laughs> it's like not Earth, but different. That way, if I say the O, they know. A Earth. A Earth. B Earth. Birth. B- <laughs> Welcome to Birth. Semantics, really. Our world has many names, Bian. Uh, Depending on the culture you come from and the place you live, and who am I to apply a singular uh, misnomer upon her? Same, you know. That's that's some real shit. But it is definitely not to real. You're always spitting the realest shit, Alien. Thank you. It's definitely not that thing. I'll remember not to do that. But what do you... What do you... how much power do you think we'll have when we get the second shard? Well, I would wager at least double. That's pretty, that's pretty, you're <laughs> at, fucking smart. Man. At least 200%. <laughs> that's good. Well, wouldn't it be an additional 100%? It would be an additional 100%. Yeah. Yes, you were correct. You can't but abandon math. Totally, a total of 200%. You asked how much power we would have after, and I gave you an answer. It's true. Isn't it funny how as soon as you have it, it becomes 100%? It is it is funny how that happens. It's yeah. weird. Like I don't get why the mountain flipped upside down and like how we just happened to survive that and but like it did. Yes, and as you stated before, the bottom of it is now the top. That's right. And, and like maybe uh so I know my math okay, but my not my math jick. That's where you come in. 
Yeah, sure. I'm, qu I'm quite the math jicker. The math, the math physician. <laughs> Don't ever call me that again. Yeah, right, right. That's a different thing. <laughs> okay, I think I see a light, Ben, oh, at the end of the tunnel here. It looks so cold up there, almost as yeah. if there is an endless winter roiling up in the space overhead. Well, now that the bottom of the mountain is the top of the mountain, the the summit of the mountain is now the peak, and at the peak of the mountain, it's quite cold up here at this elevation. That's true. It's yes. still. It's they didn't flip the whole sky. No, they didn't. <laughs> No, they did not flip the entire planet. Look, as we're approaching the lip or sphincter of the cave, and it's got a ring of crusty ice that's built. Mm, let me just quite cold. Let me just. Uh, Whoa, Bian! Oh, oh, that oh, was oh. unnecessary graphic. It tastes gross. <laughs> Don't eat this ice. It tastes like it's been sitting next to frozen chicken for weeks. I'm climbing out of the cave now. Okay, me too. Whoa, Bian! What's up? What's going on up there? It's, it's just completely flat and expands as far as you can see. Well, sort of. With a bunch of snow, right? Yes, there is. <laughs> yes, there's also snow and ice up here. But yeah. It's, it's just so flat and vast. Wow. Oh, okay. Are, are you coming up here? Yeah, I'm going to come up here. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was trying to think of... I your, could your... build a whole city up here. A whole... A whole... Yeah, you... You know what? An it, enclave. It's huge. We'll call it Ilian's Enclave. It looks like somebody's over there, though. What? Who's on my enclave? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. 
We've returned. Indeed we have. We are fucking back. Indeed we are. We are fucking back. Uh, thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. You can find us if you'd like to do so on patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. We will not only support people who make the show, but the people who role play as characters on the show that are also <laughs> supported by patron money or something. What is it that they do? What do they do? What they do have, we- it's like the spirits of the patrons inside of the, the item. souls of the generous benefactors. Your souls. Power. Power. So when the- you when you <laughs> When you put money into Patreon for us, a piece of your soul goes in there that powers a mystical item in our imaginary. It powers the machine that yeah. is the dungeon cast. That is the that is the analog we're trying to. That's the metaphor we're drawing here. Feed your soul to the machine. Feed your soul to Beard, who will paint imaginary paintings. You know, I've been thinking of actually. Uh, my sister paints, uh, yeah, and she's actually fairly good at it, mm-hmm. and um. So was my kid, and but I don't know if I could like, like I was thinking about posting her stuff as Bjorn's work. Oh, okay. In Patreon, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see her. She went to like a, you know, like a chug and squeeze. I don't know why I call it. I think the Adventure Zone is why I call it a chug and squeeze. But that, the um, what are you talking about? Like where you go to a place and drink wine and do art. It oh, could be pottery or painting. yeah, yeah. What do they call it? A uh, sip and paint, sip and paint, chug and squeeze, chug and squeeze. Thank you, Justin McElroy. Um, <laughs> You know, there's not actually a chug and squeeze out there. That's a made-up thing from an improv guy. Uh, but she did one that was really cool. I'll show you a picture. I For sure. I my phone off. But um, I was thinking about posting, like, oh, Bjorn did this. For sure. <laughs> Patrons. Just steal or, your sister's work. Or just try, well, crediting her, sort yeah, of. of but um, uh, also trying to do an acrylic painting myself, too. Yeah, you as, should. As Bjorn. I'll you put definitely on, should. I'll put on my role-play regalia. I do have, like, some armbands and shit. Like uh, greaves, I think is what they call them. Um, maybe I'll put on my greaves and my full plate and try to paint something. There you go. No promises. I'll try. <laughs> okay, so we're back for reals. We got the oh, this is Bigby's hand. <laughs> we got Ring of Winter. We got the Ring of Winter. Bigby's hand also has a lot. Oh, this is longer than Bigby's hand. It oh, is. Okay, it's quite longer. That's okay. Um, let's see. There's always that bit at the top of this that I have to. Yeah. Yep, we did do that part. Okay. Seven succeeds. Here we go. The Ring of Winter is sentient and tries to take control of any creatures that wears it. Um, sentient magic items has uh, a section, at chapter seven of the DMG, that could help guide you through that, should it happen. If it succeeds, the ring compels its wear uh, to cause undue harm to everyone and everything around it. Damn. In a cold-hearted attempt to incur the wrath of enemies and bring about the wearer's Doom. Oh, so the ring actively wants you to die. It wants you to die. <laughs> Damn. Sentience. The Ring of Winter is a sentient, chaotic, evil item with an intelligence of 14, a wisdom of 14, and a charisma of 17. The ring communicates by transmitting emotion to the creature carrying or wielding it, and it has hearing and normal vision out to a range of 60 feet. The ring ca- uh, craves destruction. Carves destruction would have been cool, too. I believe it probably does both. Probably does both. And it likes inflicting indiscriminate harm on others. Non-detection. The Ring of Winter defies attempts to magically locate it. Neither the ring nor its wearer can be targeted by any divination magic or perceived through magical scrying sensors. That is a cool reason to force people to use this ring. Is if you're being scried by a powerful enemy, you do not want you to be caught by it. Okay, so just like Frodo trying to hide just from the ring. Just like is. Frodo. Oh, it's funny is because when he puts it on, it's actually worse. Like, it makes it worse. It does, yeah. yeah. 
but he didn't know that. He didn't know that. Frozen time. As long as you wear the ring, you don't age naturally. This effect is similar to suspended animation in that your age doesn't catch up to you once the ring is removed. You know, the one ring also extends one's life. Damn. It also gives you mad bags Yeah, under your eyes. It's true. On a guy like Elijah Wood, <laughs> having bags under your eyes is crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the ring doesn't protect its wearer from magical or supernatural aging effects such as horrifying visage of a ghost. You guys remember when I aged? Absolutely. <laughs> aged for like that. 20 years or something but like that? But not really. Well, yeah, we had a retcon it. I forgot. Yeah, it was That's... like the only retcon thing we ever really did in the show, Yeah, right? yeah. It was fucking hilarious. It was funny. <laughs> Fearbulgs live extra long too, they do, so it's like do. not even that big of a deal. No, it wasn't. Okay, I was um, really hoping to hit uh, Sebastian with it, but it didn't work. That was wild, <laughs> old man bass. Yeah, uh, check out Super Quest Saga, a five E actual play show that Will is now writing a, a campaign book on and selling it. Mm -hmm. uh, cold immunity while attuned to and wearing the ring, you have immunity. Can you be attuned to it without wearing it? You're attuned to it, but it's like not on you. Yeah, I guess. So. Yeah, if it gets removed for some you reason, you can't wear it until you attune to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that makes sense. Uh, so while tuned in, wearing the ring, you have immunity. I never thought about that. You have immunity to cold damage and don't suffer any ill effects from the extreme cold. Uh, you can check out chapter five of the DMG about that. That chapter five of the DMG has been coming up a lot. Yeah, we get well, we've been getting the extreme weather stuff. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. magic. The Ring of Winter has 12 charges and regains all its expended charges daily at dawn. While wearing the ring, you can expend the necessary number of charges to activate one of the following properties. You can expend one charge as an action and use the ring to lower temperatures in a 120-foot radius sphere centered on a point you can see within 300 feet of you. The temperature in that area drops 20 degrees per minute to a minimum of negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit. That's negative 30 degrees Celsius from the notes before. Maybe we should look ahead and do the... We always read footages and shit here and don't have the, the translated version. I'll, I can do that. Frost and ice begin to form on surfaces once the temperature drops below 32 degrees. This effect is permanent unless you use the ring to end it as an action, at which point the temperature in the area returns to normal at a rate of 10 degrees per minute. You can cast one of the following spells from the ring, spell save DC 17, by expending the necessary number of charges. Baby's hand, two charges. The hand is made of ice, mm. is immune to cold damage, and deals bludgeoning damage instead of force damage as a clenched fist. So a little better, a little worse. It's a trade-off there. Because yeah. force damage is arguably better than cold. Yeah, but the only reason it's better is when it's resisted, exactly. right? So yeah. Cone of cold, two charges. Uh, flesh to ice, three charges as flesh to stone, except that the target turns to solid ice with the density and durability of stone. Ice storms, two charges. Autolux freezing sphere, three charges. Sleet storm, one charge. Spike growth, one charge. The spikes are made of ice, by the way. <laughs> and uh, wall of ice. So basically, wall of ice is two charges. There weren't enough. There weren't enough ice. There's a lot of ice spells, but there weren't enough, enough ice spells. Yeah, so and there just, aren't. If you want to build an ice wizard, it's it's very it's kind of difficult. You do what you did here. Yeah. Same with lightning. If you want to build like a, a lightning themed character, it can be a little tricky. Mm. Unless you want to stuff. use really shitty spells, because lightning lure sucks and witch bolts trash. Lightning lure can be cool. Lightning lure has use, but witch bolts a piece of shit. It's only cool in conjunction. If that's like your only thing. Yeah. Not cool. Yeah. Uh, you can expend the necessary number of charges as an action and use the ring to create either an inanimate ice object, two charges, or an animated creature, four charges. Uh, the ice object can't have any moving parts, must be able to fit inside of a 10-foot cube, and has the density and durability uh, of metal or stone, your choice. The ice creature must be molded 
or sorry, modeled after a beast with a challenge rating of two or less. The ice creature has the same statistics as the beast it models with the following changes. The creature is, is a construct with vulnerability to fire damage, immunity to cold and poison, and immunity to the following conditions. Charmed, exhaustion, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, and poisoned. The ice creature obeys only in its creator's commands. The ice object or creature appears in an unoccupied space within 60 feet of you. It melts into a pool of normal water after 24 hours or when it drops to zero hit points. In extreme heat, it loses 5 or 1d10 hit points per minute as it melts. Use the guidelines in Chapter 8 of the DMG to determine the hit points of an inanimate object if they become necessary. Uh, all right. Other properties. The Ring of Winter is rumored to possess other properties that can be activated only by an evil being whose will the ring can't break. Frost Giants have long believed that the ring can be used to freeze entire worlds, while a genie in the service of a Kalashite... I read that right. Uh, pa uh, Pasha once claimed the ring could be used to summon and control white dragons, as well as a mighty ice primordial named Kratnax. Uh, destroying the ring, the ring is nigh indestructible, resisting even the most intense magical heat. Uh, if it is placed on the finger of the powerful archfey known as the Summer Queen, the ring melts away and is destroyed forever. I thought it'd be cool as you approach the Summer Queen for the ring to kind of stop working. Like that sheet of ice that's permanently over it sort of just isn't there anymore. That'd be it's cool. like a ring. Yeah. That's how you know you're getting close. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. The ring starts to cry ice cubes. It's like, no, please. <laughs> I want to be cold again. So I went ahead and looked up all the beasts of a challenge rating two uh -huh. from official source books. Um, there's some pretty cool ones here. I mean, you could turn it into an Allosaurus, Ooh. Uh, a hunter shark if you're in the water, mm -hmm. um, a Quetzalcoatlus. That's a pretty gnarly ice construct. Nice. Okay. A rhinoceros ain't bad. Saber-toothed tiger. A swarm of poisonous snakes. Do they retain the poison? No. No? It says it has all the stats, right? I guess yes, because it's, it's just all ice. Right, and Here's there's like a swarm of poisonous ice snakes. There's a lot of anti-poison stuff in here. There's a lot of anti-poison stuff all over Five E. I mean, yeah, I would definitely want to poison the fuck out of everybody. Okay, why is a swarm of maggots also a challenge rating too? Like, what kind of maggots are they? That's disgusting. It's hard to call a, a bunch of maggots a swarm. They don't fly. They barely crawl. It's saying a swarm of maggots, man. I don't want to tell you. Does it mean like a puddle of maggots or like maybe like a big bucket An of maggots? An ooze of maggots. Uh, a pile a of pail, maggots. A pail of maggots. A pail of maggots. It's from Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. So. A newer book. Yep. They must have checked their verbiage. Well, I think swarm is a mechanical term. Oh, just so. means a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you got anything to add about The Ring of Winter? Um, we didn't do a single Frozen reference. Good. If you're holding on to the Ring of Winter, uh -huh. just let it go. Oh my Christ. All right. All right. Let's get ready for a long rest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. Will, you like my new toe ring? It's I do. Cold it's, as fuck. It's quite fashionable. Yeah. Well, you're not going to see it anymore because I'm putting the warmest slippers on ever. Oh, nice. They're face slippers, and they're going to help me teleport 30 feet once a day. There you go. I thought it was once a short rest. It could be. <laughs> well, I'll take a nap first and see how it goes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, 
oh yeah, got to keep this ring on lock, baby. No winter in my house. You got anything you want to talk about? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm still sick. I want to go home. Okay, let's go into some YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I know Will's been sick for three weeks, but it's been like three hours for me. Yeah, this is, this is the recording day um, that we did three episodes in a row. We're at the end of it, Indeed. and um, I am stalling because I forgot I turned my phone off to charge it. And, and we're turning, supposed to read YouTube comments. Yeah, I'm turning it back on so I can read the YouTube <laughs> comments of like some episode in the past, like from like a month ago or whatever it's going to be. So I was asking Will if he had anything he wanted to talk about. Well, you usually do about two episodes back is, is usually what, what you do, which would be the Saloon episode. That's probably the one I'm going to read if, it, if okay. there's a, a slew of comments on that one. I, th I know people really like that episode quite a bit, and so did I. Yeah. So that might be. But then there's one. all the evil spooky stuff too that you could draw from yeah we episodes. don't read the comments of like every youtube episode yeah. it's just cool to jump in there every once in a while and see people getting raucous you know how it is <laughs> raucous. yeah they do they get raucous um let's see oh it's i i remember i have to go to the actual episode and then yeah we do have salune uh on deck but look at all the comments from this episode okay we're we're there salune the moon maiden um we got Kyle Stark, 1800. The day you have a don't fart in the Underdark shirt, I'll buy two. We should. It's we hard should. to make merch. We really should. We have to get somebody to draw a thing. Yeah. And that costs money. And we're already having someone draw two things right now. So we are having people draw S stuff in the right now. Burn, yeah. Um, a meteor must have hit the moon and made a crater. No, actually, it was a giga-powered dragon laser beam during the ancient dragon times in an attempt to undo an ancient elvish spell of insane power that plagues Turil to this day. But the dragons missed their target and hit the moon. Hope that helps. That was from Hey Samuel here. Thanks, Samuel. I'll take your word for it until I have to research that topic. <laughs> um, let's see. Blagliff says, hey, guys, just listen to the newest legendary weapons pod. On the topic of what to give away, I think a dungeon cast merch bundle would be pretty cool. That's not bad. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Like we're giving away like. Here's a shirt, a hoodie, a mug, a hat. A... Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Some, somewhere in that ballpark of, of items. That's a good suggestion. Indeed. Do you want? Do you like us? <laughs> we like you. Here's some of our clothes. With us, that you can put on you. T2AV159 says, The tears of Salune, the bits and pieces of the moon, was caused by something hitting it in ancient times. I totally forgot, forget what it was. Yeah, okay. Was that a thing in there? So read it again. Uh, this was the tears of Salune, the bits and pieces of the moon, was caused by something hitting it in, it in ancient times. But yeah. I forgot what it was. That was in the episode? Yeah. I. Um, well, okay, two things. Okay, so... There are two things that are called the Tears of Salune. In the episode, I talked about the that liquid, the the moon dew or whatever. It's called the Tears of Salune. Mm -hmm. A thing I don't think I mentioned because I didn't want to get into it was that so in in Faerun in Tyrell, the moon Salune, mm -hmm. um, it is followed by this constant stream of like sparkling dust. Um, it's they actually show it in Baldur's Gate 3, and they do a really good job of rendering it. I remember it that. Yeah, you yeah. did mention that. Those, like, those stardust motes or whatever in the in the mm -hmm. sky all around the moon are also called the Tears of Salune. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, Trophy Scars 7364 says, can we get a Will and Kiki Baldur's Gate 3 playthrough? I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> I would. We just don't have time. I don't have time. We'd love to do more game stuff, but it just. It's true. Yeah. Um, multi Mike 
Mikey Mike says dragon balls. Balls is in all caps. What's that reference to? No clue. <laughs> so it's been a month since we like made this episode and listened to any of this stuff, mm. and I don't remember all I of it. I don't remember a Dragon Ball reference, but yeah. I mean, they There happen. probably was. They're, yeah, they happen all the time. This one somehow is in all bold. Oh, good for, Do you good, see that? Good formatting for them. Yeah, I don't know. Um, not the last one, this one. Uh, Brandon Blackfire 5783 says it in the all bold comment. In all bold, it blows my mind that a fantasy world like Dungeons and Dragons, Baldur's Gate, and any other video game or tabletop game takes place in the D&D world is so intricate and makes the world feel like a real world, especially Baldur's Gate games since the choices you make heavily affect the story of the games. The authors that made D&D's world is genius for sure. Of course, or course... Maybe they meant, of course, the community, I'm sure, has made lots of content and lore as well for D&D's universe. Uh, I agree, Brandon. It's good shit. Yeah. Also, Forgotten Realms isn't D&D's universe. It's just one setting in the D&D yeah. multiverse. I don't know what you'd call it. Yeah. The Dungeon Cast verse has... Um... Oh, I'm only reading the ones we didn't respond to. Damn it. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, Dakota Sir, eight nine eight four nine says Saluna is awesome. Her style and lore are sick. It's funny to hear that you guys clear out the awful comments. You guys clear out the awful comments. I always thought the section here was surprisingly positive. I don't think there's a lot that we need to clear out. No, it's it like comes once, up here once in a blue time. moon, like there's a nastiest shit comment that's so unreasonable that I'm like hide. hide yeah, forever. we're not in. We're not in there negating any negative thing in there like we're open. no we're totally open to critique it's just like the stuff that is vile it's gone we yeah. obliterate it um you guys have been in my sphere for a few years now and your podcast always brings a good vibe keep it up dudes um yeah like every once in a while i'll accidentally read something like kind of shitty <laughs> kind of shitty to read on mm -hmm. here because i don't pre-screen these but you know whatever uh bryce sonoros bright Bryce Sonorosa six three two. Whatever happened to pronouncing all ways so they can't get mad? Well, I'm mad because I like the pronunciation with a hard U, as in Selune, Triune, or Immune. Two syllables Selune. like Selune or Selune. I expect better from you next time. <laughs> Sad face. Did we not do every? We just we didn't do the hard U like what, oh. what they're saying. Selune. Oh, we skipped the one they needed. Yeah. I'm sorry, Bright Sonora Rosa. You're, that is so hard to say. Okay. Doom Torf. Doom 2492. Dope goddess. I always pronounce it. Say you loony. I'm kidding. Please don't pronounce it like that. Say you loony. Oh, that's funny. I get it. Okay. Uh, Joshua Styron 3502. I'm going to date myself here. But Tobin's spirit guide is a reference to the original Ghostbusters movie. It's only mentioned once or twice in the movie. Did we talk about Ghostbusters? I don't know. <laughs> Saloon, uh, uh, sorry, Fallfire says Saloon fighting with a wand and sword is sick, but her fighting with a scythe would be even sickle. Ha! <laughs> uh, placeholder name 3818 commented in response to that and said, I feel. She should fight with some kind of moon-shaped weapon as well. Yeah. I do, too. 
Uh, Void Mystic 00, my second character just died in our Icewind Dale campaign, and now I'm playing a level three shifter, two paladin, one hexblade warlock, crystal dragon shard patron, who's follower of Saloon. Uh, and that's the way I'm going to say it. Uh, so the fact that you guys literally put this video out right when I needed to uh, learn more about Saloon is fucking great. This is a fun and informational video. Um, it's the laugh emoji with the squinty eyes, like you're laughing really hard, and then the heart emoji that's pink with all the sparkles in it, and then the 100 emoji with the awesome. two lines. Yeah. Fantastic. Sick. <laughs> We're going to like and heart that one now. If you heard me read your comment on the pod as I recorded it, I liked and hearted it. So you can kind of like <laughs> link those back together. I, um, I'm always surprised at how many comments like that we get. Oh yeah, like, you get them all the time. I yeah. was just gonna do this, yeah. and you guys did an episode. Thank you. Yeah. Or like no problem. You know, it's that, and like hey, I'm gonna do this because you did it. It's like yeah, there's that too. Yeah. Hey, Wally Puff. It's good to see you. You know, do you know Wally Puff? It sounds familiar. Very frequent uh, commenter, commenter and Discord. Um, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do. <laughs> um, Gru. Grew is another character Saloon would have a complicated relationship with. On the one hand, he stole the moon. On the other hand, he gave it back, kind of. Is this a despicable me? Yeah. Oh, Gru. yeah. Okay. Um, I don't like those movies. <laughs> I love Steve Carell. So I, I like Steve Carell a I lot. I gave that movie yeah. a chance because Steve Carell was in it. Yeah, I've seen those movies a few times, and the more I watch them, the less I like them. I watched Despicable Me 2 at least two dozen times in yeah. the course of six months. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah, I know how it is. Weren't you Shrek in it? Yeah, Shrek, and, and yeah, I mean, the Minions movies for a while there. We're and about to start Shrek in it. Kung Fu Panda, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kung Fu Panda. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Thanks, Wally Puff, for all your interaction. We like hearing from you. I'm going to like and heart that one as well. Koza is still around, uh, according to Najan Hoth. It's uh, an ancient name for Talos. I don't know what that is. Yeah, Diggy was already updated me on that. A lot of those ancient names of gods from Nethril's time are still around. They just mm. have new names. Thank you, Diggy. Um, a Biggs four eight two eight says, "My divination wizard is a fan uh, a fanatic of Bashaba, mistress of misfortune. She basically tries to bring misfortune upon others to avoid Bashaba actually noticing her. The attention of the goddess of bad luck is not something you actually want, so her worship is basically trying not to be noticed by your god. It's super interesting and really fun to play. I'd love to see you guys cover Bashaba and Tamora. These are two critically uh, underappreciated, and I'd love to hear how Brian has worked them into his games. Keep it coming, y'all. Um, I had a lot of fun interacting with them because, um, you know, two sides of the same coin kind of thing, like luck and the coin flip being like intertwined. They have like coins as their like representative sigils, I think. Um, or at least one of them could be a coin, I think. I think I remember. Yeah, for sure. At least her. Cause, um, I had like a force, uh, my adventures were of Tamora, like, oh, Tamora will, will guide you. Like, you know, they got sent on a quest and then. They encountered um, people out in the woods, like doing Bashaba stuff. It was it was fun. I don't know when we'll get into those. Um, it's up to Will or maybe the patrons voting. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was it was interesting using them. Interesting using them, and I did I did have fun. It's cool. They're cool deities. Um, Locker Room Chatter says Shar and that's a cool name. Shar and Saloon are interesting. I can see how Shar felt betrayed, and I can see how Saloon felt it was necessary to expand life. Um, Wally Pop says Loki season one finale. Oh yeah, big spoilers. That was a cool interaction. Okay, so we got um, 
uh, Thalasso bringer of doom says, IO is cooler than AO anyways. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> um, oh, this is a cool, this is a cool one to segue through. The 11th hour 14 says we have a bunch of new equipment and species. This is in quotes, by the way, we're calling oh, them species yeah. instead of races. And there's a new species builder you ju can just use to build races. Literally died, uh, crying, laughing emoji. Just immediately accidentally contract uh, contractors self. 100% something I would do, crying emoji. I mean, you know what I meant. <laughs> Everyone knows what I meant. Star Seeker's Guide to Dragon Star has cool stuff in it. Oh, while you pause back, I 100% will admit to commenting on YouTube early since I listened to it in podcast form already. Just because I uh, like having my comments read. Yeah, totally. Please come do that. Indeed. We are not going to shame you for interacting with us. Um, let's see. KJ Shell says at 332 of this video, Brian, quote, can you give me an example of a non-evil lycanthrope? Me internally, Desmond of the Black Dice Society. Hashtag Black Dice Society. What is Black Dice Society? I have no idea. I bet they've got Black Dice. <laughs> yeah, sure. Los Gene says, thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, obligatory comment. Damn, I'm reading that comment. Five. It says five days ago, but they're not going to hear it for like another three weeks. That's true. Uh, well, th you're welcome. Uh, the slacker named Jack, uh, another longtime dungeon caster, uh, says obligatory comment to boost analytics. Uh, me being confused for the first 25 minutes of the episode, thinking this video was about Elastrae. Uh, where are the Drist comments at? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i think elastrae can also be known as the moon maiden that's so, true yeah um julio guvier 9447 says i always thought that the short rests were meant for smoking vile darkness or vile dankness <laughs> sometimes they are no they're not they're not meant for that sometimes it happens it's mostly will oh uh, yeah sure okay <laughs> It's mostly my, my straight edge co-host Will, who wasn't straight edge until like what, like three months ago? You dropped yeah. the news? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh how's that going? It's good. It's yeah. going good. Yeah, yeah. No no alcohol, no cigarettes, no uh sweet uh sweet foods, no desserts, no treats. Yep. So you were wrong about the dankness. Yeah. <laughs> or were you? Oh There's still one uh, uh, ambiguous podcast that may you're, or may not smoke marijuana. You're hilarious. The vile dankness. Sorry. <laughs> Lich dust. Not even once. Let me tell you about Lich dust. Oh, wait. I shouldn't do that. Not on mic. We can't. The cops will come for me. <laughs> ICP. Oh, sorry. I didn't say who. Uh, multi Mike Mike said Lich dust not even once in, in response to that. Uh, ICP2724 says, guess I never realized these come out a week earlier on Spotify. Well, I think you're realizing it like right on time. Yeah, it's a more recent thing that we've done. Yeah, we're changing our editing uh, workflow and <clears throat> it's better for the YouTube episode to drop later. So sorry for whatever confusion that might cause for people looking to comment on recent stuff or like going in and seeing this, this show doesn't really have spoilers. So it's not like that. I don't think that's going to hinder anybody necessarily. I mean, there's only an experience spoilers now, but that's about it. Yeah, and honestly... Like, you'll be okay if Alien and Beeren gets spoiled. We don't know what we're doing until we do it. Oh, we have to do an Alien and Beeren right now. Yeah, we do. I'm going to rush through. A few, I'm going to rapid fire some of these. 44 Naya says, so basically, you are not with the Moon Maiden. If you are not with the Moon Maiden, you can go shart yourself. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, 03045 says, well, hate how they pronounce her name. 
keep hating it. Keep hating it. It's not changing. The episode's recorded and it's done, and I'm not changing it. So keep hating it. Uh, StanCal9249 says, everyone's pronunciation is valid to themselves. I'm not going to hate. I personally use Saloon and was very disappointed when basically no one in BG3 said it the way I do. Damn, yeah, and they that do, does hurt. They do a lot of different pronunciations, but not, not that one. You're just from a weird rural town that no one goes to. Old Saloon. Old Saloon. <laughs> okay, Nathan, uh, you know what? I'm going to skip down. I'm going to find some shorter ones. Uh, Darnell1391 says, Elastrai, my queen, my love. Shout out to Elastrai. Can't wait for her episode. Nice. A lot of love for Elastrai in here. Uh, Sir Nunos lives, says, I mooned the moon maiden. And yeah, in Baldur's Gate 3, they pronounced it every way you can think of. Except for that one, Saloon. Uh, six plays, 612 says, early gang. Yeah, ballin' dude. Get in that get in that comment section ASAP. And Mulgra says, hell yes, my favorite D&D deity. I just like to call them D&D deities. You guys have any plans to dip into Pathfinder deities? One day. One day. Uh, Will actually replied to that, says, yes, we want to. And then somebody recommended the Myth Keepers channel. I recommend uh, Deities of the Realms by our friend Ben Digger. Oh, yeah, for Forgotten Realms um, Deities. I think they were suggesting that one for uh, Pathfinder Deities. Yeah, still. But, yes, I also recommend uh, Religion in the Realms. Okay, well, let's uh, let's fucking call it a game. Wait, let's... did we do our normal, like, can you find us on social and all that shit? I don't think so. Find us on social media. We're, we're, the following places: uh, Discord, Mastodon, Twitter, Instagram, um, Threads. Links all in the description. Check it out. Yeah, don't type in Mastodon. That's a different website. <laughs> you do not want to see what's there, uh, unless you do. Unless you do. Unless you do. Uh, we have a PO box, an email address. You can find those in the the notes section below. Um, thanks for a fun year of the artifact, everyone. It was great. Indeed, indeed. We got a few more episodes left, and we still have one more item episode left, just not our effect episode. Okay. And, um, yeah, month of December is going to be cool. Happy holidays. Um, and, yeah, we'll, we'll see you on the other side. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts.